Hi friends, welcome back to Our Hearts Surrendered. My name is Sophie and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. What's up guys? My name is Addison and I'm the other co-host of Our Hearts Surrendered. Guys, I am so pumped because we're finally recording with a guest. It's been like literally months since we've done this. Um, Carson Harris has joined us on this episode. Carson, if you want to introduce yourself, go for it. Hey, I'm Carson Harris and I'm super pumped to be here. I want to say a big thanks to Addison and Sophie and a big thanks to just Jesus for having me, like allowing this opportunity to happen. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, fun fact about this little coincidence is that I followed Carson for like probably two years now and he's starting a podcast, which we'll obviously link down below. Um, and we, at this point, when this episode is released, it'll be up and running and doing things. Um, but I was just like so excited to see that. And I was like, please, please come on our podcast. We would love to have you. Um, and he had this incredible idea to talk about cancel culture, which Soph and I have been wanting to talk about for probably months now, honestly. And we are just so excited to dive in. But first, uh, we want to get to know Carson a little bit. We want the readers or not the readers, the listeners to get to know him a bit. So we're going to ask the get to know you questions. Um, our first one is, do you have any collections? Um, I really don't think that I have any collections, but I do have this, like, it's a little safe box that my dad gave me. It was his when he was a kid. And I've collected different like coins and different bills, like currency from different countries. And my uncle, he, he used to move around a lot. And one time he lived in Africa and he brought me back some African currency. And so I have it in there and it's pretty cool. That's so cool. That is, sounds like a really cool collection. I don't think that I have any collections. Um, I really like pens. So I have a lot of them. I guess you could say that's a collection. My favorite pen, if you were wondering, is the Sharpie 0.7 pens. They're the best in case you were wondering. I was wondering, actually, that's a really good one. I like the, I don't even know the brand. I can't talk about it now because I just don't have any idea what it's called. Um, I collect pretty much anything anybody gives me ever. Like if it has my name written on it, I will tear off where they wrote my name and put it on my wall. My wall is like covered in my love language is like words of affirmation. And I like have just kept everything for some reason. It's like not in like a hoarder way, but in a like I value this sweet note that you wrote me that one time six years ago so much that I'm going to put it on my wall and read it every now and then. And I truly love it. Like anything. I have gum wrappers that people have written little things on. I have like somebody gave me a chapstick once and I just loved it so much that I took the wrapper off and put it on my wall. So just like truly anything. It was just like something that kind of just happened. I also have a tendency to collect like any bouquet that anybody gives me or that I get for myself ever and dry them. Um, but my issue is I have a ton of dried flowers and no idea what to do with them. So they just like, they're literally sitting next to me right now and they just exist in the corner of my room. And they sit there and look kind of ugly, to be honest. But currency and pens, those are two solid things. My next question is, what is your most recent obsession? Um, there's kind of like two of them. So recently, I've, been, I've always liked dill pickles. But here recently, I've been really like, every time I like eat a sandwich, I want a dill pickle. And then I've also been getting to like into working out a lot more. I just want to be a lot more healthy and fit and like self-conscious about like what I'm, what I'm eating and then like what I'm doing to my body. So I've been trying to work out at least four or five times a week. 
Those are so great. I also really like pickles. I really like pickled chips too. Those are so good. Um, my most recent obsession, man, there's um, adding <laughs> always brings up different phases. I like to jump in really quick on things. And so I think my phase recently, I really like watching TV and my favorite TV show right now is Seinfeld. And so I would say that's my most recent obsession. But I've also been really liking talkies because I was at a friend's house and I, for just some reason, had never tried them before. And so I tried them and I realized I've been missing out all this time. And the other day um, I went to the store and I just bought a bag and it's been in my car and I snack on them whenever I'm in the car. So yes, that's probably not the healthiest. I wish that I could start working out more that's a good obsession to have <laughs> mine yeah. probably aren't the best <laughs> that's so funny talkies was like the last thing I expected to come out of your mouth when you're about to say that I mean these are good things like working out that's such a good thing to be obsessed with I've recently I've been obsessed with like I don't I just I kind of have the tendency to hyper fixate on like very specific foods kind of like the dill pickles and talkies mine's been actually what is it right now I don't know if I have one. I've gone through like peanut butter phases and then like a free birds phase. Um, I don't know what mine is right now, but drinks I'm obsessed with peace tea and I can't find it anywhere near me ever. So whenever I do, it's like crack cocaine for an addict. It is insane because I will do anything to get my hands on it. It's probably not good to be completely honest. Also Celsius. Um, I'm working on my caffeine addiction it's not going very well because I just get tired and I'm like, I guess I got to have caffeine. Um, Addy, I would say your food addiction is the bread bowls from paradise. Oh no, wait, you know what it is? It's those freaking sugar cookies. It's the (laughs) paradise bakery. If there's anyone who lives near a paradise bakery, go there right now. While you're listening to this episode, you can listen to it on the drive. Okay. I don't care. You need to go right now and you need to get their sugar cookie, but the sugar cookie with sprinkles. I cannot go into that bakery without getting at least two of them. Like I will get more. There have been times where I eat three of them in one sitting because they're so good. And I like just relentlessly love them. And like every week, my little community group, were like, okay, guys, where are we going to dinner? I will always suggest paradise because I want one of those cookies so badly. Like there is not, I don't like foresee a time in my life where I will say no to paradise ever because I know I can get one of those. The other day I was like low-key scared that I was getting like gluten intolerant kind of thing again. Cause for fun fact, if anybody doesn't know, I used to be severely gluten intolerant. And then I like grew out of it. I don't really know how that works, but basically I can eat gluten now. And the other day I was like panicking. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, if I'm gluten intolerant again, I can't eat those cookies. So <laughs> that's your story time that nobody asked for. But that said, that is actually my most recent obsession. Last question is what is your ideal day off? So when I think of like the ideal day off, it's definitely a Saturday and it starts with like a nice, a nice, good, deep sleep, like lots of sleep that night, well rested. And then you wake up, sleep in, it's like 9 30, 10 o'clock, wake up, eat a nice breakfast, nice breakfast. Like I'm talking eggs, grits, bacon, some toast, some orange juice, a nice breakfast. And then just spending the day like resting. Um, so like just chilling around with like family, watching like 
TV show, like watching our current favorite TV show and like binge watching it as a family or either like a few movies and just kind of like spending time together, like just resting during the day. Yes, that sounds so, so good. Um, What a great day off. I actually read this question and I have the day off tomorrow and it's the first time that I've had a day off in a really long time. So I'll just tell you what my plans are for tomorrow. Um, I plan on getting up a little bit later and my dad and I are going to go to the pancake house, which is this really good pancake place around us. And it's like a really special occasion thing. You don't go very often just because it's kind of out of the way. It's kind of far. So we're going to go get pancakes. Then I'm probably going to come home. Um, this part would not be in my ideal, but I'm going to have to do some homework, but that would not be a part of my ideal day off. And then, um, probably in the afternoon, take a quick nap, go for a walk. Uh, I take my dog for a walk some days, so I'd probably do that. And yeah, I'd probably just watch some TV. So that's, that's my ideal day off. What about you, Addie? That sounds solid. Both of those do. I just have my mic. Um, I don't know because my ideal day kind of varies depending on like my mood, because some days I'm like, ideal day would be hanging out with friends and family and like being around people. And then other times my ideal day is like just being alone. But in general, this is how like the other day, our mentor had us structure what like an ideal day looked like for us, like productivity. My best days are days that I'm productive, like days that I get stuff done and that I'm like efficient and not lazy. There's like a hard boundary for me to find between laziness and rest. And like, I struggle with it a lot, but I think that my ideal day is honestly like low key waking up early, not like early, early, not like 5 a.m. early, but seven, eight working out. And then I'd come home, probably read my, like, I'd probably do my Bible study in the morning if I had a guess. I know obviously this has never actually happened because I don't have the self-discipline to do this. Um, and then I would get breakfast with family or friends um and like kind of hang out for a bit honestly my ideal weather for this day is like a nice light drizzle not like a torrential downpour where it's like i'm scared to drive because i'm gonna die but like a nice light drizzle i can still see my wipers don't have to be on like that crazy fast speed that makes me feel like they're gonna fly off um and it's like not humid which is almost nearly impossible in texas but that said it's still like nice-ish outside in my books but I can like also just hang out and like chill inside while like getting some work done. I probably like, honestly wouldn't do that much work, but I would do like something that's not laying in bed. Like, I don't know, play Kirby with my little brother or something. Um, can't really think of anything else. I would probably make a grilled cheese. Oh, that's another one of my obsessions right now. Grilled cheese. So good. Um, I might make paper cause that's another one of my obsessions right now is paper making for some reason. It's a very specific niche thing that I've been doing. Um, but honestly, yeah, that's probably it. Just like doing something for me is like ideal, but I don't really know. I probably would try to be off of social media a little bit because I tend to like get a little icky after being on social media for hours. Um, which I think is a pretty common thing. It makes us a little bit more irritable. Um, which is like kind of along the lines of what we're talking about. So that said, we know each other a little bit better. We're like low key talking about social media. I'm talking about social media. Let's go ahead and dive into our topic. Carson, can you 
just talk about what cancel culture is and how you see it in today's society. Okay, so cancel culture is a very real thing in our society. It's very prominent. And we have a generation that is extremely judgmental. So I think that this idea of cancel culture stems from an inner judgment, which I think is ironic because our society likes to claim that we're accepting and supportive of everyone. But when it comes right down to it, we're so quick to judge. Like when someone lives a life that's different than ours or makes a mistake, we're so quick to judge them. So I really think that cancel culture is extremely hypocritical because it's a way of expressing this like disapproval in a disapproved behavior because like we keep telling ourselves to not be violent towards one another to be loving and all this thing like all these things but when it comes to the internet like it's such a hateful it's such a hateful place and like hate has become normalized and i think that it has become even more normalized for us to come together as like groups and cancel someone and that's what cancel culture is so like this typically um, is like targets uh, celebrities and like mainstream people that are popular on the social, like on social media platforms. And so these, these celebrities are huge targets for this type of culture. And, um, but I think that this culture exists in a lot smaller scale on a lot smaller scale, like within our communities, because when someone does something like the rest of our school, like doesn't alike or disagrees with, they're often hated. They're also often gossiped about and they're trash talked. So like their reputation is destroyed. And I feel like on a much larger scale, it comes to when like celebrities and content creators can lose their whole careers. And so I've seen a few uh, celebrities and content creators experience this type of hate and be canceled. So I don't know if you guys know, uh, but Haley Pham and Ryan Trahan, they're from Texas. Do you, do you guys know them? I used to like religiously watch, not religiously. I used to watch Haley's videos a lot. And they did get canceled. This is facts. Yeah, they got canceled for getting married during the pandemic. And they received like so much hate from that. And they received like even death threats, which I think is crazy. So I just think that this cancel culture is extremely hypocritical. And I think that it has become normalized within our society to just basically when we disagree with someone's actions or beliefs, just to straight up cancel them. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you and I think it's really interesting what you said about how it starts on a bigger scale but it's you can also see it in day-to-day life because I was just literally laying in bed last night thinking about this because our culture is so harsh and judgmental like you were talking about and I literally had to remind myself last night Sophie it doesn't matter what other people think like just just like do what you like live your life you know just do what you want obviously that honors the Lord. Um, but I was so worried, like, what are people are going to think about these, what I do and should I do this? Should I not do this? Because I think there's such a big fear of being judged. And like, obviously I've never been canceled before, but I think that that fear of judgment when it's in cancel culture goes on to this greater scale. And now you're not even being feared of being judged because most celebrities are judged every day, but now you're being feared of being canceled and I think it creates this culture where we're just everyone's walking on eggshells all the time and it's really um hard to speak like the truth because I think people are scared of what like of being canceled obviously yeah I think it like in a way will stop us from being true to ourselves and like true to our thoughts and our actions because we're just 
like you said, Sophie, like just walking on eggshells. I like that you mentioned that it starts on like a, or like not that it starts, but it can even be seen on like a small scale version of just like people in our daily lives. That's something that I don't really like think about very often when I think of cancel culture as a whole. Um, and like also that is super tangible and that's just like gossiping and um, being hateful and judgmental and all these different things. Um, our society is one that like, I would say like encourages for all of us to be very much um, accepting of others, but you're right in saying like, we often aren't accepting of others. It's like, we're accepting of our own viewpoints or like we're accepting of what we are like told we should be accepting of. Like if people tell me to be accepting of like the LGBTQ community, like I will be accepting of them because I don't want to get canceled. Like we do things out of fear rather than out of like true love, which I think um, it's just not how we're called to live as Christians. Um, because of this, like cancel culture society, there's a lot of harm caused. Can you talk about that for a second? So I think that cancel culture is harmful in like two different ways. And I'm going to like try to elaborate the best that I can. So it's extremely toxic. And if we're on the receiving end of this hate, and this is like something that we really need to look at, like from this perspective, because if we're on the receiving end of this hate, it's extremely harmful to like mental health. It's known to cause anxiety, depression, trauma, these suicidal thoughts and behavior. And I think that this is especially true for teenagers because like, I think that we're the, like our generation is the majority of the people on social media. So I think that as we look around and we see all these people struggling with like all these different mental illnesses and like mental health issues, I think it has a lot to do with like the internet and social media because cancel culture itself is it stems out of hate but I feel like some people like cyber bully and that's like a whole different topic but they go hand in hand because they're both on the internet so cancel culture is like how one's behavior like how one's behavior is told that it's not acceptable so like one who is like canceled that's the like this group of people or their audience telling them that their behavior or their beliefs are not acceptable and I think that this does more harm than good because it causes these causes these mental health issues, but it also can like ruin their whole career. Like some people do deserve to receive constructive criticism, but canceling them in their whole career, that's 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 horrible. That's not okay. It's not an effective way of teaching someone. But I think that being supportive in a change of mindset and like encouraging them to do better, I think that that is a lot more productive and efficient. So I don't know if you guys know, but a few years ago, Logan Paul, it was like several years ago. I think we were in middle school. He posted that YouTube video in like the suicide forest. That type of behavior is extremely inappropriate and messed up. Like it's terrible. But when it comes right down to it, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. We're all human. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like defend him or anything, but because what he did was very bad. But we've all acted in um, a behavior, acted in a way that is cancel worthy. Like we're all deserving to be canceled because of the stuff that we do. It just it's not all the time put on the Internet for everyone to see. So sometimes we don't really think about the consequences of posting stuff on the Internet or how we how we're acting. Like he purposely posted that video. But at the time, I can guarantee that he did not rationally think about the consequences. So I think that because these like social media content creators, influencers, celebrities, they're so popular. We put them on a pedestal of authority and we make ourselves the judge. And I think that cancel culture is harmful because it can cause these mental illnesses for, from like 
um, the people who receive it, but it's also harmful in the way of creating pridefulness in the, the, like, the givers of cancel culture. Like it fuels pridefulness because we put ourselves on a pedestal and we think that we have this authority of judgment. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. That was so good. And you articulated what I was thinking so well. Uh, that's what I was like. If someone had to ask me why cancel culture is harmful, that's what I would have said. But you did it in such a more articulate way than I would have. <laughs> um, so I think I completely agree. I think like what you were saying, we're so quick to be the one to judge, uh, which is not what we're called to do um, in the Bible. But we're also quick, like what you were saying to just quickly cancel someone like it's one and done like they're out there's not much room for grace and I think that's super harmful because um in this like obviously as Christians we're called to give grace and we're going to talk about the Christian viewpoint in a minute but I think also like Addie was saying we're in our culture we say we're going to be kind to other people and we say that we're going to accept people but we're so quick to just snap our finger and cancel someone so I do think it's it's pretty toxic in my opinion. And I think that there's so many problems, like you were saying, with it. And I think no one really stops to think about like when people are canceling someone. I don't think we really stop and think, how is this person feeling right now? Like that we're canceling, you know, if I was the one being canceled, what would be going through my mind? And I think we're just so quick to focus on people's actions instead of, and like you were saying, people's actions are sinful and we shouldn't. Um, just accept it. We should call them out in love. But I do think that it's important to not just quickly cancel someone like like what you were saying. Yeah, I 100% agree. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 says, Nevertheless, we quote Jesus, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. That is like the most use of judge in one sentence that I've ever heard. Um, but that said, essentially, we are not called to judge because the only true righteous judge of our character and other characters is Judge Jesus, right? He is on that pedestal for us because he is the only one that can truly look at us from an unbiased standpoint and that he's the only one that's without sin. If I'm looking at Sophie, I'm probably going to be more biased towards her than as if I'm looking towards somebody that I just met, right? It's just a natural thing and a natural tendency. We don't know these celebrities or these people that are like consistently getting canceled and we're so quick to, um, I guess, just like like fully honestly just like hate on them for small things like I totally agree that we need to love others well and that means like speaking truth over them but like nine out of ten times when you're canceling somebody it's not out of love and it's not out of like true good intentions of hey I want to protect you and I want to make sure that you are not saying something that you don't mean right it's more of like oh I don't like you for this one really random reason. So I'm going to find a tweet that you said, like, I don't know, 20 years ago and resurface it so that you can get canceled in today's culture. When like, in reality, a lot of times, like those are taken out of context or um, it wasn't a, like intentionally offensive or offensive in the time that it was made, um, which again, doesn't justify it, but it is like a fine line. Um, I don't know. I just think that our generation is not very quick to love, to be honest, even just in our like daily lives, um, we kind of have the tendency to be like a one strike and you're out kind of generation. Um, and I just like, am standing in awe and in thankfulness that God is not like that at all, because 
I have failed him like a million and three times and it's just a continuous thing. And if we were to love like Christ, we wouldn't just be done with them after they hit a certain number. Like, Oh, Hey, Sophia, you failed me three times. We're actually not going to be friends anymore. I'm sorry. You are no longer on like my friend list. Um, whereas Jesus and God, they continue to love us despite how many times we fail them. Um, otherwise like we would have been long gone and out of chances. Um, and with that said, we should have a different viewpoint on cancel culture and on just culture in general and society. Um, if you want to speak a bit to that. So I think that like a Christian's viewpoint um, should differ from cancel culture viewpoint for sure, because as Christians, we've been called to like love and Ephesians 4.15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head Christ. So I think this is a very important verse. And I think that it applies to cancel culture because it's saying speak the truth in love may Uh, may grow up in all things into him who is the head. So we're speaking this truth in love to lead lead people to Christ. So we're told to speak this truth in life, speak this truth in love, not life. So I think this can apply to cancel culture because as Christians, we should like, we should hold our brothers and sisters accountable, like a hundred percent. But I don't think that we should hold these people on the internet accountable. Like I often see people on TikTok calling out other Christian like creators. And it makes me kind of angry, like going into the room and flipping all the tables, angry, like Jesus, because like, I feel like personally messaging that person or sending them a text is a lot more efficient than like telling them that they they should they should try to uh, change their behavior or um, prove that their behavior is wrong because um that's a lot more effective than just like canceling them or calling them out because when we call people out on social media i think that it's a it comes from a sense of like jealousy and pride and we're trying to like prove that they're wrong and i feel like if we really care and love about our brothers and sisters in christ then we'll go out of our way to make the effort to tell them either into their face or through the phone, like not putting it where the whole world can see it. So I think that comes from a sense of pride and jealousy. So we've been told to like hold our Christian, like our Christian friends accountable, but that is something that should be done in person and in love and not on the internet. So I think that it's different when we're to like hold celebrities accountable because like these public figures who are not Christians, I don't think we can hold them accountable to like Christian standards and beliefs because they don't necessarily believe them. And I may be wrong on this aspect, but I think that we're called to like preach to them and to encourage them to change and like see their flaws and change from them. But I don't think that we can hold them accountable and like uh, point scripture at them where they're wrong. I think instead we should like just love on them and be encouraging and pray for them. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. And kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier on a smaller scale, I think about different ways that I like different teachers that I've had. And some teachers have just flat out been like, no, you're wrong. You need to do better, work harder, get a better grade. And I don't respond well to that. I respond so much better when someone sits down and works with me and wants me to genuinely shows me that they want me to grow and to do well. And so I think it kind of goes back to what you were talking about in the same way that just canceling people don't doesn't help anyone. You know, it makes us the people who are canceling them super prideful and very judgmental. The person that it does cancel like they 
probably didn't really feel like that they grew or they learned very much. Um, so I think that uh, from a Christian viewpoint, uh, we're called to be to speak truth in love, but also um, do it with kindness. And like what you were saying, there's an appropriate way and appropriate time to do things like that. And I think it's really important to know when and where it is someone's place to call someone out, because if not, it can cause more problems and it can lead to more hurt, which is like what you're talking about with canceling celebrities. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, Carson, like what you were saying, we can't hold non-Christians accountable for Christian things. Like they didn't sign up to like abide by these laws and rules. So why are we forcing them on them? Right. Like that is a huge misrepresentation of Christ's love. Like, I don't, I can't think of a time in the Bible where Jesus saw somebody who wasn't a Christian, um, and was like doing something that's sinful. Like those people don't recognize it as sin. They never like agreed to that to them. It's just an action. Um, whereas like for Christians, it is a sin. Um, and that in a different, like as a whole different category, but we are called to love our brothers and sisters, but I would even go as far as saying we're not really called to correct anybody that's not in our close community or that you don't know the heart of. If you are just like randomly correcting somebody in the TikTok comments, which I've seen, I don't know if you guys know this, Jared Schultz um, on TikTok, brother, like he gets canceled like every day. I know gets, that, oh. that is so crazy because I was talking about that with someone the other day and I was like, I feel sorry for this dude because he gets so much hate. Like some of his his posts are a little questionable. Yeah. Not gonna lie, but yeah, that's but crazy like I was just talking about that. Oh my gosh, I like yeah, I agree. Like some of his stuff is like oh okay, Jared, but like I'm not gonna correct. Like I don't know his heart. I don't know his intention. It's just so so crazy to me because it's just like these random people in his comment section like. <laughs> There's more effective ways. And like, also, I would hope that if you have a mentor um, or somebody that's like seeing this and that is like a close brother of Christ or close sister in Christ, like that they would correct you rather than like a random TikTok person. It's just so absurd to me. Um, but yeah, like I, Sophie, like what you're saying, I don't respond well to people just like telling me to change and telling me to do better when like there's real systems in place of like, Hey, let me help you do better. Like, let me lead you out of love. And like, you can do this and this and that. Um, and like, that's kind of something I want to like end on is how do we do better in the future? How can we move in a better direction? Um, than just like this continuous cancel cycle. So earlier I kind of, I said that when um, we participate in cancel culture, we're acting as like God, we're putting ourselves on this pedestal of authority and judgment and um, which we're not because we're flawed. We're humans. We're imperfect. And because of that, we we're not God. We never can be God because we're not perfect. So like we're sinners, we're undeserving of God's grace. And I think that we need to remember that in order to move in a better direction, because we are so undeserving of his grace and his mercy and his love but yet he gives it to us. And I think that's like, that's a huge difference between us and God. So he is perfect. He's for, he's forgiving of unforgiving things. And I want to point out that Hebrews 10 30, it tells us that like, it talks about how the vengeance is God's and that how he will be the ultimate judge. So I think from a Christian viewpoint, that's something to remember because we're not to be the judge. And I think that if we're living this, like on a Christian viewpoint, that our life should be the opposite of cancel culture instead of like, like encouraging people to be canceled, like participating and actively 
helping people be canceled like that is such a negative it's hard to word cancel culture like in a sentence like be canceled it's so hard to word that anyways (laughs) we should strive to be more like god in the sense of being forgiveness and encouraging instead of participating in cancel culture and so i think that being in the word of god can help us as christians move in a better direction away from cancel culture and just remembering that we're not the judge god is the ultimate judge so in the same sense we should be loving towards other people when they do wrong and we should encourage them to do better encourage them more towards repentance so that's what i think that we should do to move in a better direction. Instead of hating, we should be loving and encouraging um, growth and change in behavior. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. I think that um, when we realize the weight of our sin and the brokenness of our sin, and we allow Jesus's grace to come in, I think it humbles us a lot. And I think that we're reminded that there's nothing that I can do to to earn God's love it's given to me freely and when that is like what you're saying when we're reminded of that through scripture and through prayer it should lead us in love towards others and I think that that is a way that we can um not cancel people but love them yeah it comes down to like I said earlier just being known by our love um and being like just coming from a place of like an abundance of grace Like there are things in our lives that are just going to irk us and they're just going to be annoying and weird. And like one of those things where you're just like, okay, I don't like you. That was really rude. And we just have to remember like as Christians that we're called to love first and foremost. And also we can only do that out of our um, newfound life in Christ when we became a new creation. Otherwise, if we are like completely reliant on ourselves, it's just not going to happen. Like there are times where I am like, literally so mean. And I look back and I'm like, gosh, I was just not operating out of somebody who has been created new. Like I am not reflecting that well. Um, but I think this episode was incredible. And I think I learned a lot. Like you speak so eloquently and like so much better than I can ever worded everything incredibly. Um, I think that's pretty much going to wrap us up if you just want to pray us out. Okay. Once again, I want to say thanks to uh, Sophie and Addison for having me. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray. So dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And just thank you for this opportunity for me to come on here and just speak a little truth. I pray that if anyone's listening and they don't know you, Lord, that a light was just spark within them today and they learned something about you. And I just pray that as a Christian, as Christians and as a Christian society, as the church, that we can move in a direction away from cancel culture and we can be encouraging and loving And um, I just thank you for this opportunity. And I just pray that you will continue to just work through this podcast. And um, yeah, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week, Carson. Listeners, make sure to go check out his podcast along with his Instagram. We will link both of those in the show notes. And if you wanted to read a little recap of what you just heard, go read our blog, brokenvesselsblog.com. That will also be in the show notes. And if you need prayer requests or you want to talk at all, just email us at ourheartssurrendered at gmail.com. There's two S's. That will also be in the show notes. And also make sure to follow our Instagram, which is also ourheartssurrendered. And guess where that will be? It'll be in the show notes. Um, so we love you guys. We hope you have a great week. Let's drive to live in wholehearted surrender this week.